The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. I got to start with the facial hair. What is going on? What made you do it? Does your wife approve it? What's going on? Uh, you know, I just haven't uh, shaved it in a really long time. Figured to uh, change it up. Life has uh, a lot of mysteries. and wanted to see how far I could grow it. Uh, wife and daughters despise it and hate it, so it's probably coming off here the next day when I go back home to visit the family. But uh, it definitely hung in there for quite a while, but, but the wife definitely doesn't like it. Nathaniel Hackett talking about his facial hair. Yeah, that... That's an interesting choice. I don't know you get away with that as a head coach. No. That's something that's that you right. can only pull off as a coordinator. Agree. That's that's very that's, that's very interesting. Well, what's what's impressive is like he says he hasn't shaved it in a long time, but he's obviously shaved his cheeks, right? He's doing that part there. So, he is making this happen and uh I don't know, I've known Nathaniel Hackett for a long time. I'm not going to say that's my favorite look I've ever seen there. I'm not, but but you're right, and and this goes on in the NFL building, right? It, 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 especially this time of the year, assistant coaches, a new guy who, yeah, his family's not in town. I don't know. He's probably staying in a hotel. He's consumed with work, and this is how you entertain yourself. And this is kind of what happens sometimes in the off season, and even during the season when you see players growing hair and beards and and all of that. You're just entrenched in football mode. Go ahead and start playing the piano because I'm going to go back in time. I've made this reference once or twice over the years, but this is perfect wheelhouse, wooly willy. Anybody out there of a certain age knows. Thank you. Wooly willy. Okay. Pete even knows what wooly willy is. I think you can still buy it at Cracker Barrel. They got all that old time stuff there. It's the, the, the round face like Nathaniel Hackett, and it's got the metal shavings, like all sorts of metal shavings inside that if you bust that open, you know, and I'm, I'm surprised it didn't stop selling because I'm sure some kid busted it open and ate those things and then had 
his or her insides ripped up by the metal shavings, and you've got a little stick with a magnet on it, and you drag the hair. Oh, right. The, the shavings or the facial hair. Yeah, I remember and, that. And that's the easy one to do. The clumpy beard. Yeah, sure. I, my first Wooly Willy. I think Nathaniel Hackett is the very first thing I ever made as Wooly Willy. You just drag him up from the bottom. Just drag him up, and there's the beard. I, 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 you're He's right. Now, I remember Wooly that. Willy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do remember that. When you first started, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I finally got there with you. Uh, but, yeah, I thought of like more like ZZ Top. That's when I first saw him. I was like, what's he doing, playing in like a hard rock band? He got the electric guitar in the corner. You know, recently, but like, isn't ZZ Top? Aren't they the one? They usually got the long beard, if I remember right. Um, longer, it's yeah, longer. Lo- it is. It's longer. It's it's a little more impressive. But I'm impressed that Nathaniel Hackett could do it. Long. It's long. It's long enough. It's long enough to fill a a, a separate purpose if you're out of a certain type of paper. There's Wooly Willie. There's Wooly Willie. There he is. There he is. Damn. Just Wooly like I Willie. remember too. And and see, look, lower left, lower left. There is the Nathaniel Hackett. There it is. <laughs> There's the beard. Exactly right. He just needs the mustache, and he needs a little tufts of hair on each side if he can grow it, and uh, off we go. Uh, I never realized that it says magnetic personality. Uh, I wonder how much someone got paid to come up with that line, but uh, willy willy. I, I now, you know what I need to do? Now, I haven't eaten at a Cracker Barrel in a long time. I need to go to Cracker Barrel, and I need to see if they sell willy willy there. Anybody out there who is traveling – if you stop at Cracker Barrel, see if they have Wooly Willy. Because if any place in the world sells it currently, it will be Cracker Barrel or Amazon. If I remember after oh, the show, Amazon sells everything. Willy Willy. Right. We could do, we could do, we could do Wooly Willy, Wooly Willy on the show. The problem is though, if you hold it up, it all falls apart. All right, you yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be horizontal. Yeah, oh, yeah. gravity thing right. screws up yeah. the yeah. metal shavings. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of things that got screwed up last year, the entire Broncos team when Nathaniel Hackett was the head coach. Sorry, that was the only segue I could come up with, Nate. Uh, here's Hackett on what makes his new quarterback, not Russell Wilson, but Aaron Rodgers, reunited after their time in Green Bay. What makes Rodgers different? Here's what Hackett had to say. When it comes to the football aspect of it, it's, it's like he plays in slow motion because he sees so much. He understands the spatial awareness of the game in all the different ways that defenses play. And, um, and he starts it right out the gate in practice, you know, just on the different, it's not just run a route on air, it's visualizing it. And when he's coaching and talking and putting the guys in the game, it's, it's something that I've never, never seen enough. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's, it's not just, Hey, Uh, catch the ball and run it's tuck it you know every single little intricate detail that a coach would say comes from Aaron because he's done this so long and he's like another coach on the field and he wants to become one with those guys wherever you know when I was with him at Green Bay and just even seeing at the limited time here in New York I I mean he truly puts himself in the game he tries to get the guys into the game so every rep matters every rep is like we're in MetLife and it's a critical playoff game And look, that's the right attitude. That's the kind of detail, the kind of focus, the kind of commitment you need to get your team ready to go. Coach on the field. Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, recently described Aaron Rodgers that way. When you get a guy who's been around that long and he's been through it that many times, you get to a point where if you give a crap about what you're doing, you do get more buttoned up on the details. Now, some guys are buttoned up right away, like a Peyton Manning. But anybody that has played that long, you expect the fact that they just don't show up and coast 
they pass along the knowledge they've accumulated, the things they've seen, the things they've learned, the little things that can help accelerate the development of a younger player's career. That's what helps a younger player being around an Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Things like that on right. top of the coaching. It's one thing to hear it from the coach. You start hearing it from a teammate, somebody you're more immediately accountable to. I think it, it has more of an impact, and it results in you know, a, a faster achievement of the level of performance the quarterback is looking for. Yeah, I mean, agreed. They're, 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 I'm sure they're seeing that live in an action, just like we heard Sammy Watkins last year, right? Like, I mean, it was a, a mistimed comment in saying it, but remember he tried to say Aaron Rodgers on another level, right? I mean, that's what he's speaking to. He said that within taking – it sounded like taking a shot of Patrick Mahomes, if you remember that a little bit there, which was not the best. But you know, I think he was just speaking to, yeah, Rodgers and what Nathaniel Hackett is talking about. I and mean, this is this is one of the greatest of all time. I mean, if not the greatest, I mean, he, it's it's amazing what he does. I mean, it's Beethoven, it's Mozart, it's like we talk about all the time. Yeah, those type of players, they see the game in slow motion. You know, they they see everything, every minute detail. And and one area where you know when 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 I saw this kind of on the rundown and saw some of these comments yesterday, where I just went, you know, we don't really give Aaron Rodgers enough credit in that department. Other than Peyton Manning, I, I don't know. Has there been more of a field general in football over the last 20 years? More of a, wait, you've heard it when New England and Bill Belichick play. The, they're worried about, you know, hey, yeah, the team in Green Bay is good, but they're worried about what Aaron Rodgers is going to do with the line of scrimmage and get the team in the right play. Oh, we showed this defense. He checks it off. That's why it became a thing with Matt LaFleur, right? It, it, he was like, wait, I want my audibles back. You wouldn't take audibles away from Peyton Manning. Why would you take them away from Aaron Rodgers? So he is special, and I don't think he always gets the credit he deserves in that department. Um, but you know, the Jets are finding out in a, in a way here that this is a, you know in a, in a short or quick way, whatever I want to say there, that he's a special mind and he's a special player and he sees the game in a special way. Much has been said about the Aaron Rodgers wish list not ransom note it was a wish list and we've seen items from whatever you want to call it grocery list I don't know but he has accumulated former players guys he wanted to be there Nathaniel Hackett also addressing the ability and the inclination of Aaron Rodgers to recruit former teammates here he is Aaron's thrown a lot of passes to a lot of guys and I think that um, for him to have an opportunity to throw to some people that he knows and is familiar with. They know how a route's going to be run or an adjustment might be made or a signal might come. Um, that's going to help, and it's going to be able to um, send uh, vibrations through the team that gets them on the same page faster, too, because I can't be everywhere. Aaron can't be everywhere at the same time. So when you have like a guy like Billy in the offensive line room, he can communicate certain aspects of how Aaron operates. When you're with Allen, Allen can do that in the wide receiver room. Uh, so I think that as much communication as you can get uh, is so critical for an offense to get rolling. And look, th that that makes sense. And that's why the idea of him having a wish list always made sense. You want me there. You want me to make an immediate impact. I need guys I'm familiar with. You know, there's always kind of a line between is it familiarity or is it he just wants his friends around? Yeah. At times it feels like he just wants his friends around. Right. That those relationships mean so Randall much Cobb to him. Randall feels that way that he for wants sure. To, in, in lieu of making new friendships, I just want to bring the friends I have. And maybe that's a function of age because I think – 
every man gets to a point where he concludes, I have enough friends, I'm not interested in having any more. I'm, I've reached my lifetime limit of friends. We now just wait for each other to die off. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's because at a certain point it's counterproductive. Like, is Randall Cobb really good enough to be on an NFL team right now? There's no other team that wants him. Right. What no. makes him suitable to be on the Jets I, when no other team yes. wants him? All due respect, yeah. Randall Cobb's had a, a fine career. career. Yeah, right. But, but if Aaron Rodgers was not on the Jets right now, no. Randall Cobb would not be on any NFL roster no. right now. Agreed. That's the only one to me that's fishy, right? That's that's the one that seems to your point, Mike, of like, you know, I want my buddy here, right? That's That one jumps out. There's a real need for all the other ones. Billy Turner, we know. We thought they might draft a tackle at pick 13, right, before they traded down. So they needed a tackle. You know, even the quarterback in Tim Boyle. Yeah, they need a third stringer, right? He knows the system. Nathaniel Hackett. All that makes sense. Lazard, there was a real need there. You know, so I, I, I do think it fits. And, and like you said, it is smart. You know, we saw Brady do this with Gronk. We saw Brady bring down Antonio Brown. Those are guys are familiar with. This might be a, a hair different that way. But you know, it's something I think I, I said and we said early on in the process here. Yeah, you want, you know, friend, friends or, or liaisons, guys that can pass your message along, you know, along in, in the facility. Right to where, like, like Nathaniel Hackett was explaining, oh, a, you know, a team changes their coverage. They're watching in the practice zone. The receivers can go, hey, Lazard can go, hey, Rodgers, he's probably going to audible to this the next time he sees it, guys. Be ready, you know, and he'll give you this signal, blah, blah, blah. It's just more communication of everybody getting on the same page and the fact that there's some extensions from Green Bay, right? Nathaniel Hackett's there. So even if Rodgers wasn't there, I think some of this would happen anyways, right? Coaches always want to bring back their ex-guys, let alone it's the same offensive system, you know, and it's been the same offense. I, I, they play offense and I think look at it in a similar way. You know, I mean, Mike, Mike LaFleur was the offensive coordinator, brother of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers. Now Nathaniel Hackett switched over. So there's some philosophy things that make you know that are on the same page between those two teams as well it's not just the Rodgers thing I think there's a few other things that connect it as well look they need that they need familiarity they need to get things moving quickly they need to get it all up to speed because we're going to see tomorrow night when that schedule comes out we're going to see it isn't going to be easy for the New York Jets this year they got a lot of difficult games they got to be ready to go there's a chance they're going to get loaded up early with some big games. And if I'm the NFL and I want to maximize the ratings that come from having Aaron Rodgers, and I recognize he's 39, I also factor in the possibility that, number one, maybe he's going to slip. Number two, maybe he's going to get injured. Yeah. Number three, maybe it just isn't going to work. Like maybe the Jets are going to last slip. Last year with the Broncos. Right. They, right. They, did, they did learn last year that you don't just assume take quarterback who has won a Super Bowl – and has been making a lot of money and is regarded as one of the sports stars, rip him out of one team, drop him in the other conference, and everything's going to be fine. Seven standalone games. Uh Uh-oh. After two or three of them, we're like, oh, my God. What did we get get ourselves into this year with this schedule, with all these Broncos games? We've got to watch more of these games. So maybe we're going to see a cluster of early Jets games. I wouldn't be shocked. Because... That's before the wheels come off. Right. Right. If the wheels are going to come off. Right. This is just there's a risk there. I have a feeling we're going to see. I I have a feeling most of the Jets games are going to be standalone. 
or they're going to be 425 p.m. Eastern games. I just I I think we're going to see a lot of the New York Jets this year. And it's one of the reasons why they made the move for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it makes them more relevant than they've been in a long, long time, at least since Brett Favre, if not longer than that. Do we have the graphic? Did we put this up of the Fran- the Jets franchise records and the average Aaron Rodgers season? I'm fascinated to see these numbers to get an idea of what kind of year Aaron Rodgers is going to have in comparison because Joe Namath, the all-time great, the game wasn't that way back when Joe Namath was playing. So there is the franchise record in attempts. 553 is what Rodgers averages. 590 is the record. 363 is his average completions. Favre set the record with 343 (laughs) in 2008. Passing yards he should set easily. Joe Namath with 4,000 in 1967. That's That's back when it was the high-flying AFL. Look at at this, though. Passing touchdowns. Average year will beat the all-time Jets record. And interception, his average low will beat the franchise low from Ken O'Brien in 1985. So, yeah, one one year with Aaron Rodgers is going to be pretty damn memorable for the New York Jets if he's just average. Yeah. Not great, but right. average in comparison to what he's been the last five years. Right. Is it average the last five seasons where you'd go, I don't, you know, he's not even in his prime anymore. It's not even what he was, you know, eight, nine years ago when it was insane. But, yeah, I think it, it just speaks to the greatness of the player. Yeah, and I know Brady's the the goat and has all the hardware. You know, obviously, I think differently. If you put Aaron Rodgers in New England, he'd have a lot more, you know, hardware as well. And he's he's special, and that's where you know. Again, I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for the Jets. It's a cool story. The AFC, you know, but those numbers there, his career numbers, some of the things we've talked about before, you know, when he was playing at a high level, uh, like I said, I don't know if I saw anybody better you know, in their prime than Aaron Rodgers. Mahomes is starting to rival that. Josh Allen, honestly, rivals it a little too in, in a lot of ways. But uh, it's it's a special player and, and a special room for the Hall of Fame for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's he's in the Deion Sanders room Big, without no question. Yeah. He, he's got he's got a seat at the head table, yes, frankly. He does, uh, but, exactly. But, yeah. It would be nice to have a second Definitely. Super Bowl. Definitely. Ring. As he said a couple of weeks ago, that trophy out there is looking pretty lonely when he got to the Jets facility. My first thought was, yes, so is the Super Bowl ring in your sock drawer. It's lonely, too. It's been there a long time without a companion, and now's the time to go get one. So, uh, I look... I don't know how I would feel about this if I was a Jets fan. I'd be very conflicted because, number one, I'd feel completely beaten down. I I admire anybody that can still be a Jets fan after all the crap they've been through, especially in recent years. But I'd feel so beaten down on one hand. I'd feel like something's going to go wrong. I mean, I'm as fatalistic as it relates to my years of following the Vikings. Like, it's just a matter of time before something goes wrong. It's all going to fall apart. They're all scared of that. Something's going to conspire to keep this from being great. And... And even if they're, I mean, the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and and, and Trevor Lawrence and who knows what else is going to rise up out of the AFC. The Steelers always have the potential to be great. Lamar Jackson is now back and happy with the Baltimore Ravens. You don't know what the Tua-led Dolphins are going to be. What's Bill Belichick got up his sleeve? Good Lord, this is going to be a tough year. I mean, if they did not have Aaron Rodgers, it would have been – 
the competition for Caleb Williams. That's where they would be. They'd be potential. I know, I know that the defense is strong, but you still got to have a quarterback without Aaron Rodgers. And I saw there was an item on SNY about some of the other plans they had at quarterback if Rodgers hadn't worked out. But without Aaron Rodgers, this team can't stay afloat in the AFC or the AFC East. No. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, they could compete. You know, I, I do. They, could they have been in the conversation? Yes, I think so. We saw that last year. You know, but yeah, this puts them in a, a different stratosphere. You're exactly right. Let alone, I think, you know, to everything you're saying, you know, does all that and also gives them the possibility of salvaging the Zach Wilson pick as well, right? Because I think he's the guy that, you know, he didn't know they would like that to work. He was the number two pick, and he's the kind of guy that scares you to let go because they've seen things and they've seen him do things on the practice field and games that go, whoa, there's not that many people that can do that. Can we harness that and make it a consistent thing, right? And I think, hey, listen, I know you talked to coaches when Zach Wilson was coming out, and of course I did too. People saw special things about him. There were special qualities about it. So I think that was part of the Aaron Rodgers love affair too is they kind of killed two birds with one stone in that one. A long time ago, there was a quarterback who came from the CFL to the NFL who led the Minnesota Vikings to a Super Bowl. Joe Cap passed away yesterday. When we return, we'll share some of the stories of a guy who burned very brightly for a short period of time in the National Football League. We'll do that next here on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Post-game gathering, Cap recounted the loss with number 59, linebacker Lonnie Warwick. We got in a discussion as to who lost the game. He said the defense. I said, no, I did. Here, here's two guys saying, I lost the game. No, I lost the game. You know, I did this, and I really messed up. And the other guy says, oh, I do, yeah, but I did this, and I really messed up. And the next thing you know, they had taken it outside. Cap refused to back down and exchanged punches with Warwick. 
one of the Vikings' fiercest hitters. My effort was to show him that uh, the offense was just as tough as our own defense, and uh, uh, that was the stupid reason for the fight. Next morning, I get a call. <laughs> On the other end was Warwick. He says, Joe, how you feeling? I said, well, my left eye's closed. And <laughs> he says, we better go tell Coach Grant that, uh, you know, there's no problem, no dissensions. Well, I'll, be, I'll be there to get you. And that's what tequila can do to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the, the hammer from Bud Grant. <laughs> Swooping in. For the kill was Bud Grant. Uh, stay away from the tequila, baby. Um, Joe Cap. That's a was comical a story. <laughs> uh, and and uh, you know he 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 lived a very rich life. He did a lot of different things. He started off in the CFL coming out of Cal in '59. He was drafted by Washington. I saw yesterday that Washington drafted him around 18 and never even contacted him. So he said, "I guess they don't want me." He went to play in Canada, and he did well in Canada. Won a Grey Cup there with the BC Lions. First year for Bud Grant, '67. That was the first year post Fran Tarkin. He'd been traded to the Giants. They brought in Joe Cap, and three years later, Super Bowl with Joe Cap. He had. One of the handful of seven touchdown pass games in NFL history. He's right. on that list with Nick Foles, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, uh, why am I bl- George Blanda. Mm. Just a, a very eclectic group of guys in the seven touchdown pass in one game record book. And then after the 1969 season, he was a free agent. He didn't have a contract. He forced his way to the Patriots. They had to give up two first-round picks to get him. And then later he filed a lawsuit against the NFL challenging the language of the standard player contract. He thinks that derailed his career. He told Ron Rivera that. I spoke to him, uh, to Ron Rivera yesterday for about 15 minutes about Cap because Rivera played for Cap at Cal. Cal right. went, or Cap went on to be the head coach at Cal with no coaching experience. He became the head coach at Cal in 1982 with no coaching experience. And uh, Rivera went on and on about what an impact he had. They have shared Latino heritage, so that brought them together. Rivera's mother grew up in the same town as Cap did, so there was a connection there. And he just told some great Joe Cap stories. He was an actor. He was in The Longest Yard. He was the walking boss in The Longest Yard. He did a bunch of TV shows and movies, just a bunch of different things. He, I mean, life well lived, life enjoyed, lived to the fullest, and he also wasn't afraid to throw back a little tequila and throw hands when needed no doubt or about swing it. canes when needed right <laughs> yeah do anything there you're right he was he was not afraid of confrontation that's i mean that's how i learned about joe cap like i i can remember being a little kid going wait who's this like quarterback who plays the position he kind of looks ugly and clunky but he gets it done and he's just tough and gritty and, you know, watching the old NFL films things, when you watch the Vikings talk about, you know, they're hugging Joe Cap. They loved him. They loved him because he was he was football player, not quarterback. He was different. That's, that's you know, what that story about him fighting in the locker room uh, or fighting outside the locker room about who lost the game, which is comical, right? But look at that jump pass. Look at some of the pictures we showed before. One of the things I first learned about Joe Cap. And, and, and early on in my life, and my dad got to tell me, is look, he didn't grab the laces. That's hilarious. He didn't grab laces to throw the ball. 
You know, so there's a lot of interesting nuances about him. Um, but, yeah, gritty, tough, old-school football player who just was, you know, a workhorse and, you know, had a great career and was a great personality off of it and uh, sad to see, you know, a guy like that go. And his first year at Cal was the same year as the play, the Stanford band. The band is on the field play, the big game every year, the rivalry between Cal and Stanford. It ended with multiple laterals, and the game was over, and the Stanford band literally on the field. The trombone player got crashed into when the guy scored the touchdown. So uh, what a way to start your your college coaching career. But he was there from 82 to 86, and he – he actually, when he took the Cal job, he said he would never drink tequila until Cal got back to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> right. And Cal has never gotten back to the Rose Bowl. And I saw somewhere yesterday that at some point he just decided to, to switch to rum. That's so, amazing. He's such a man he of his word. He wasn't going to break that. for good. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's... Uh, that shows you how stubborn and tough he was, and a man of a word, man of man of his word that he was, really. Um, but yeah, he's one of those you know, you know, throwbacks. Got the single bar on, old school, tough leader type of quarterback. Not necessarily sexy or you know the greatest uh, highlight package in the world. But man, when it comes to leading a football team and having the respect of your locker room, Joe Cap up there with anybody. Oh, it's that Bobby Lane look. It's that it's that Mac Jones at Alabama look where your uniform doesn't fit your right. Nothing fits your right. You right. just go out and you get it done. That's, that's right. kind of how it was. And good Lord, single bar face mask in those days. How did you emerge with any teeth? How did, I mean, how did he not have multiple fractures of his face in every game of any era of football? That's the era where I would not want to have just that meaningless thing single bar covering my face you may as well have no bar and, and then have that single bar back in those days when they yeah they did the bottom of the pile stomp and kick and bite and shove and oh, do whatever yeah. they had to do there was no my contact goodness. to the head that, rules just, right the the ultimate mark of toughness is to play football in that era with minimal protection. That is minimal protection. No, it, it really is. And I mean, gosh, you watch old, old, you know, NFL films, things of that era. There's always forearms coming across the head, head slap, of course, was a popular thing because of Deacon Jones. Yeah, it, it's kind of amazing. I mean, it, it's Joe Theismann wearing it in the mid 80s. That's still amazing. I mean, let alone back then. It's, 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 hey, quarterbacks want to see the field. Vision's important, but. There's a time where you got to go, okay, so are my teeth. They're important as well. Let me wear a little more extra protection down here. <laughs> yeah, vision's important. I need to keep my eyes in the sockets. <laughs> right. So let me right. at least wear something slightly more protective of my overall face than this uh, This. This just meaningless. I, I wonder whether I, – I would assume by then there was a rule that everybody had to have a face mask because my guess would be Cap just would have played without one if he could have. Yeah. That, yeah. that the single he bar was the type. thing worn by the guy who just didn't want yeah. to wear a face okay, mask. Okay, I'll put it on. I'll um, wear Here's your face mask. Okay, sounds good. Right. Yeah, I, I think so. The Vikings still trying to do what Joe Cap was able to do for the Vikings, get them to a Super Bowl. It's been since Super Bowl 11 
since the Vikings have been there. Oh. Fifty years. Oh. Spoke to Kevin O'Connell yesterday. The full 26-minute conversation is on the NFL on NBC YouTube page. We've posted it at PFT. A lot of great topics covered. Let's have a listen to a couple of the subjects that came up as it relates to a couple of the key offensive players. Justin Jefferson's contract extension and whether or not Dalvin Cook's contract is eventually going to be torn up. Here's Kevin O'Connell on both of those subjects. Oh, we don't have it. We, we don't have it. Boy, and that was a great throw, too, Pete. That was the best throw I've ever done. Wait. How could you we, ruin the best throw? It was clean. It was concise. It was informative. I didn't flub anything, and we don't have it. We don't okay. have our own so, interview. I'll tell you what he said. We don't have our own I'll interview you, yeah, here. We didn't get clearance. <laughs> we didn't get clearance to use the interview. Those jerks at NBC said that we couldn't use the clip. Uh, as it relates to Jefferson – what O'Connell told me was there's no timeline on a contract, but he made it clear they're getting this thing done. They're not letting him out the door. No way. He, and and the one thing, there's been so much talk about Kirk Cousins, what to expect from him year one in the offense to year two in the offense. And it really is clear that it is our offense, that it is our thing. That's you know the way that O'Connell talks about it. It's a living, breathing thing that you need time to really fully understand you need reps you need opportunities he went on and on about how jefferson mastered it right away and how much better he's going to be this year in their offense his ability to take to it as quickly as he did means that this year i mean i i I come away from the conversation thinking okay he's offensive player of the year last year could he really be the first receiver ever to win mvp maybe he will be Maybe he's going to build on what he did last year, those numbers that at one point were on track with the Cooper Cup numbers from 2021. Maybe we're going to see an even better version of Justin Jefferson this year. It's scary to think about it. Yeah, I mean, it is. He's We know he's the man. He's definitely one of the top two, three receivers in football. Yeah, another year of just offense, second nature, another level of the playbook, You know, adding more stuff on, not having to think about it. And he is in a spot where... You know, unlike Jerry Rice or, or Randy Moss when they had those type of years, they had a quarterback that was also very popular that could take away that steam. This could be one where, you know, the quarterback wouldn't take away the steam, where he'd go, oh, no, actually, this is a standalone receiver who might win MVP. He's got that type of talent, it, and they're going to feed him. We know that. You know, with this offense and O'Connell and the way he's used in the Cooper Cupish type of way and even more, I mean, that's where – you know, Justin Jefferson, the Vi- your Vikings, and where I go, I don't know, the, you know, the, the Kirk Cousins being there. Sorry, Mike, you like it a Kirk Cousins? He might be your quarterback for a few years here there, buddy. I also asked O'Connell about Jordan Addison and K.J. Osborne because I just assumed when Adam Thielen was released, that meant Osborne steps up. You've got Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne. I was surprised they targeted a receiver in round one. And I asked O'Connell about, you know, what KJ Osborne should think about it. And he he gave me a an answer that is based on exactly what he said to KJ Osborne. You'll see that in the full interview as well. Another topic we got to was Kirk Cousins. And at one point I asked him, give me the best attributes that Kirk Cousins maybe doesn't get enough credit for 
accuracy and toughness were the top two. And then I asked him, Chris, tell me an area where you would like to see Kirk Cousins improve this year. Here's what Kevin O'Connell had to say. I think he showed it at times last year, Mike, but that athleticism uh, to, to maybe not impact the game the way some of the, you know, the great athletes that are playing quarterback in the NFL right now uh, impact, but there is a lot, there's some plays where I think uh, he doesn't give himself enough credit of his ability to extend. I think back to that, you know, red zone scramble for a touchdown against the Cardinals last year on a critical third down, or even keeping drives alive, stealing a first down. Uh, when I call a bad play and, and he's got nobody there to convert, um, and he finds a way to uh, extend a play and maybe use his legs to either uh, get that first down or extend a play and make a playoff schedule with his arm. Uh, I think he's capable of doing those things. And um, I think he's, you know, that's going to be something, his comfort, his understanding year one to year two, you just have that much more awareness of not only where your 11 guys are on the field, uh, but defensively how it all works together. And, and you can continue uh, by any means necessary to attack whatever voids and vacancies may be out there for us on each individual play. And we do see from time to time Kirk Cousins with that ability to make things happen with his legs. Third and four against the Cardinals. He Boom. flushed to the right and off he goes and just dives into the end zone. I mean, wow. Now, look, that's escapability and then a little straight line speed. But, but look, we know that the best quarterbacks in the NFL currently can extend plays with their legs on a regular basis. Make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. When the play that's called isn't there, can you make something happen on the fly? We, we know that Kirk Cousins doesn't have that. And it's not just the physical ability, Chris. I also think it, to get back to the S2 test that was all the rage a couple of weeks ago, it's processing. Yes. What do 100%. you do in that oh crap moment? What do you do when it when everything falls apart? What do you see? Where do you go next? And I think what and I and I I talked to O'Connell about that as well. Like how much of that do you coach out of him? How much do you let him just learn when to run, when to do this, when to improvise? I think they're trying to teach him how to improvise. And I think that improvisation is still rehearsed. It's still planned. It looks like improvisation, but you've thought about it. You've you 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 don't just go out there and just do it. Like Patrick Mahomes just doesn't go out there and just do whatever. Even though he's improvising, he knows what he's going to do. He has a plan for it. He's visualized it. He's practiced it. He's told me that last year. They practice those moments where he's running around with his hair on fire. So it is practiced improvisation. And I think that's maybe where the Vikings can push Kirk Cousins to a higher level. Practice improvisation. Put that into the overall reps that you do so when you find yourself in that moment, you can duplicate it and you have an answer and you have a plan and you process to that solution when the play that was called isn't there, if that makes any sense. No, at all. it does. It it's, 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 it's actually, it's, it's something that, that has to be practiced this day and age in the NFL, right? We, we had the clip last year of like Josh McDaniels with the Raiders, right? They were working on the quarterback scrambling and he's yelling at somebody on the defense or whatever. But yeah, that, that's kind of like 
part of offensive football now is, yes, we expect the quarterback to get out of the pocket every now and then. And now what do we do offensively to adjust off of that and then change our routes and find the holes to sit and whatever and be quarterback friendly? And, of course, the defense has a process of learning to how to defend that as well. It's definitely a part that we've always talked about that Kirk Cousins needs to improve on. He's amazing in the pocket. He's amazing. And, again, this is why the McVeighs and the Shanahans and the O'Connells love it because, like, what you're talking about with the S2 processing, he can process uh, process 9 million plays and checks and 50 million rules for each play, and it's it's nothing to him. And we saw how, how well he played last year when he's protected and all that. But, yeah, we, you're, you're talking as a Vikings fan and, and wanting the most out of your team, and you want a guy that can, yeah, just, you know, maybe do a little more physically to take over some big moments, and that's where they're going to try to push him to help him and help their team. And that's the thing, too. It's not just making a run like that against the Cardinals in a – Run of the mill. Well, it's like one o'clock. It's like you talked about with the plan like that. Right. And the Giants game, Dexter Lawrence. Wait, he's been back here all game, right? He's been back. I got to be ready to spin out of here and do this again. And I think that's where Allen and Mahomes and those guys, they have already, to your point, practiced it, visualized it. They have a feel for the game to go, wait, this has been happening a lot. So let me uh, hasten my clock a little here. Because I might have to get out of here and and get out because I haven't had time to throw. And we know that was consistently. Dexter Lawrence dominated that football game. He was constantly back there. And I think maybe that's some of the element you're talking about too, Mike. I mean, when you watch that play, it all seems so perfunctory and mechanical by Cousins. It's like there wasn't even a thought given to, hey, this is the last play of the season. Right? Yes, it's just, exactly. That's what's so weird about it. it I, I just think you're right. Look, it didn't look like he understood the gravity of the moment. Like, you go down swinging in that spot. You just don't drop back and look to your right, and I got a guy open, I'm going to throw it to him. It looked like a rep in practice. I think that's what bothered so many people. I think so, too. It didn't seem to have with it the kicking the and screaming. Like, our season is riding on the right, line. Right. And you are going to – you know how you always would say back when – we were watching Deshaun Watson on a right. regular basis because he was playing on a regular basis, that he treated too many plays like they were the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Right. That, that That's a moment there where you need to play like it's the fourth exactly. quarter of the Super Bowl because right. your season is riding on that play, and it seemed also nonchalant to me. I think that's – now that we've had months to really appreciate it and think about it, there's just there's just something. Yeah, it's robotical, in. like you're talking about. I think you're right on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like the offense says they, this, and this is so, what I do, and it's just like no. Sometimes it's a different part of the game, and you got to play in the backyard, and it's just not going to be as it's drawn up that way. And that's that's what we all want a little more from Kirk Cousins. Robotical, robotic, tomato, <laughs> tomato. I have a I have I have a weird feeling that robotical is an is an accidental scholar I, probably routine. I have a feeling if we look it up. Robotical is a, an acceptable alternative to robotic. We'll check that in the break. All right. Let's do that. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. There's been some reporting recently, and I first saw it from Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports, a 220-page transcript of a meeting between prosecutors and the alleged victim in the case that resulted 
last August in the release by the Buffalo Bills of punter Matt Ariza, sixth round draft pick. Remember that all bubbled up. The out punt god. Right. Civil lawsuit. The, the uh, uh, punt god is what they called him yeah. coming out of San Diego State. Um, there was an allegation made in a civil lawsuit of gang rape. And the allegations, and again, civil lawsuits, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a delicate issue for sports because a civil lawsuit can be filed by anyone with any allegation. Now, I always give some benefit of the doubt to the fact that if a lawyer is involved, an officer of the court isn't telling what they have reason to believe are complete and total lies. But incorrect allegations, allegations that are ultimately not proven to be factual, get made from time to time in civil lawsuits. But still, the filing of that civil lawsuit was the moment where this all came to the forefront. It created a firestorm for the bills. They ultimately released Ariza so he could tend to these issues because at the time he was facing both the civil lawsuit and an open criminal investigation. Now, back in December, he was cleared of any criminal charges. We wrote something about it at PFT. He was available at that point without anyone having to worry about the commissioner exempt list. He could have signed with anyone. He wasn't going to be criminally charged. It came back up again recently because of this 220-page transcript in which prosecutors explained to the alleged victim that Ariza had left the party at which the alleged gang rape occurred an hour before it happened. So that has created... A firestorm of its own. Yeah, right. This guy got railroaded. Right. This guy shouldn't have been cut. Yeah. This guy should still be in the NFL. Now, it's not quite that simple. There's still a civil lawsuit that will go forward unless it's dismissed or settled. That is not over. That aspect of the legal process hasn't ended. But what was true in December is still true today. He is available to be signed by anyone. There is no concern of the commissioner exemplist because he's not going to be criminally charged. There's no concern that he's going to go to prison at some point and not be available because he's not being criminally charged. And the personal conduct policy would never be in play here because this is all conduct that, if it occurred, happened before he was drafted by the Buffalo Bills. So there is nothing the league can do about any of this. Once he's not going to be criminally charged, it's over, it's done. The league has no jurisdiction. The league has no authority to take any action. It is a non-issue as far as league policies are concerned. But that was the case in December. And, Chris, I, I mean, it may be as simple as the position he plays, even yeah, though, right. by all appearances, uh-huh. he's got the skills to be a great punter. Exactly. When you're a punter, a kicker, one of these interchangeable positions. Yeah, is it worth the distraction? It doesn't take much of a cloud. Right. It doesn't take much of a cloud for from a PR standpoint for a team to say, and that's unfortunate if it happens. Yeah. For a team to say we're not interested. So, so, but so with the civil case, let me just get this straight. I'm like, is he is he in the clear there though? Officially now with this, is that is that a is no not with the not, civil case not no, the civil that's case still pending. Wow. So that. So okay, all right. So that's going to be interesting to see how that you know plays out. But but either way, yeah. Hopefully that can you know get the cloud, the dark cloud away from them, and a, and a team will take a chance on them. You know, this is where you know it is unfortunate. It is. It's a, this is a a life changing event for a guy that had a huge talent, and we were all talking about, and the Bills were excited, and. Yeah, he obviously was in a tough situation there, and and uh, yeah, this is this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out and to see if he gets a legitimate second chance here. And as this civil case goes forward, there could be evidence that comes out that. 
corroborates what the prosecutors concluded. There could be other evidence comes out. It It's just something that is going to be there yeah. with potential right. developments. And I go all the way back to last August because, look, there's a lot of folks that are mad that, oh, the media is responsible for this. The allegations in the civil lawsuit are what they are. If there was clear evidence that he wasn't even at the party and had been gone for an hour before yeah. the gang rape allegedly happened, right. that's the kind of stuff that should have been shouted from the rooftops by someone last August. Right. If that's the thing that caused the prosecutors not to pursue charges, if we'd have known that back then, it would have been a lot easier to bang that drum. All we knew it was one big stew of allegations and counter allegations and nobody knows what really happened and it's going to be difficult to get to the truth so who shouts that, who should shout it out mike to see it who like is that on the prosecutors well, no, i mean or, from, who, from his side yeah or yeah no no okay. no no, no. All right. no if 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 his camp can prove and eventually did prove to the satisfaction of the prosecutors yeah, he right. was gone an hour before this happened right it should have been coming from his camp it should yeah. have been coming from his lawyers yeah. back in august of last year because then that's something that we could have kind of sunk our teeth into and said, hey, look, folks, wait, Bills, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Sounds like this guy's got an alibi. Sounds like this guy was gone. So it's it's a complicated situation. And, look, prosecutorial discretion is a very fluid thing. A lot of times they'll only take on cases that they think they can win at trial, and we know it's a high standard. And I don't know that anything is going to be proven by beyond a reasonable doubt given the evidence and the allegations and just the circumstances of that evening. We're going to take a break. We'll have more PFT Live for you right after this. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night is coming. Tomorrow night, schedule release 23, 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, NFL Plus, and on Peacock. You can watch it right here. The schedule release tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, also we have an observation from... D Cowboy 777. You should make Chris come in Friday so you can do the that's a W, that's a L thing with the schedule. Guess what, D Cowboy? You get your wish. Yeah. I was looking at the rundown for the rest of the month last night. No Chris tomorrow. I thought, oh, wait, he got last Thursday off. And then I saw Chris is coming in Friday. He is carving into his three day weekend so he can be here on Friday so we can do the Mike and the Mad Dog. That's a win. That's a loss. That's a win. And we are going to do that. We are going to pick the winners right. for all 272 regular season games in May. Right. We are doing it on Friday. Uh, yeah, please don't. I love that. Uh, well, I, I'm, it's, it's an awesome day. It's a slow, so, 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 so slow part of the year. That's the most action-packed day we got going on right now. So, yeah, I'm going to be here for that and the reaction. And, yeah, I want to talk about some of the marquee matchups and have some, you know, good talk and and bask in the excitement of the coming NFL season, right? But, like, the the whole win-loss bullshit, that's got to stop. I mean, holy crap. Please stop it on all the networks, right? I mean, (laughs) let's let's just do, like, what you and I have do. But, but, but. Right. But. But please tune in to watch the schedule release on Peacock when they do that for the full show. <laughs> yeah, Other right. Yeah, have fun, watching that, that. Not have fun have watching that BS. All right, but then either way, where it does have value, and, I, and where I think you and I have killed it the last few years, it's just that first month that we talk about. That's where we can have a real 
feel for what might happen early in the year. I, when we start to get into November and people start to go win and loss and win, I start to go, you're insane. Like, we have no idea what those teams are going to be, injuries, whatever else. So, you know, at least early part of the year, we have a good feel or at least can, can look at it a little bit there. All right, today's draft then. Who needs to have a fast start in September? And based on the time, we need to have a fast finish. Okay. Go. Well, I'll go with the Jets to start off right there. I know we've talked about that, but they're a team that's going to have a bullseye you know, from everybody, the league, the TV, media all across the country, right? They've, they've been you know, a, a big part of the news this offseason, and now you got Aaron Rodgers, and they've talked about how good their team is and all of that. So they've put themselves out there. Them getting off to a good start and gaining some confidence, especially in the AFC East and the AFC in general. Yeah, I'm going to throw the Jets out there first, Mike. I'm going to take the Lions for reasons we discussed earlier in the program. Everybody's expecting the Lions, the Lions, the Lions. They come out of the gates flat on their face. I don't know that they recover as easily this year that they've got the bullseye on their backs. They need some easy games early so they can prove to everyone and themselves that this really is a year where they can come out and take over. Agreed. Agreed. You know, it's it's a different year. It's a different pressure. We haven't seen that on the Lions here in, in recent years. So I'm excited to see how they handle that too. Excuse me there. I think the um, my next one, I'm I'm actually going to – Stay with a theme here. I'm going to the Packers. I think the Packers, hey, Jordan Love, young football team, right? Get off to a good start in September. Get him confidence. They're a team that I think they think they're good, but might need a little something more just to believe in it and have their quarterback play at a level to where they go, okay, hey, he's good enough. We can win with this guy. We'll be all right with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I, you know, they, they got some young, unproven stars who need to take the next step on the defensive side. Same thing on the offensive side. Uh, I look at them as a team that you know needs to get off to a good start to to gain that kind of confidence. I'm going Cowboys with my next one. Ooh. Mike McCarthy fully in charge of the offense now. Seats getting hotter. You can't stumble out of the gates. You got to start strong. You got to win games. You got to come out sharp. You got to show you can do it, or Jerry Jones is going to start thinking about who he's going to hire in 2024. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll give you another team each, plus some, some other schedule tidbits that have come to light this morning. We'll do that when we conclude this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, one more round. Teams that need to have a fast start coming out of uh, the preseason, the regular season. Boy, I just blew that. Go. Yeah, Chris. that just was go. hard. Hey, <laughs> just hey, go. Hey, Before I make it any worse, Here's the just team go. that I think needs a hot start <laughs> after the preseason, okay? <laughs> and after that <laughs> little go. bye week before the season. Save me. Denver Somebody Broncos. Save me. I'm going Denver Broncos here. Yes. Uh, I, let's ride you know yeah Sean Payton of course he's taken over but I think more importantly just through the scope of Russell Wilson gaining his confidence back you know letting the team know hey we're actually a player here in the AFC West and that you're gonna have something to say about it I look at them Mike uh LA Chargers another coach who is teetering toward hot seat territory if not already there look at the the collapse in the postseason. You got to get people to forget about what happened last year. You got to show that you're ready to get more out of Justin Herbert. He's going to be healthy. You've got your new receiver in Quentin Johnson. You've got to get 
off to a good start. And this all hinges on who your opponents are. We're going to find out tomorrow night, but that means everything. You get some easy games earlier. You can build some confidence, right. and you can have a completely different season. You get some tough games early, and you're one in four, and you may feel like you're done. You, you've talked about that. We talk about that every year. Every you start year. off 0 and 2, 0 and 3, 0 and 4. It's over. Right. No, exactly. That's, that's where it all starts. And then we got what? We got Chiefs, Bengals, New Year's Eve. That's going to be awesome. We got it all going on. I'll see you Friday, not tomorrow. We're done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.